You're listening to Force Friends Rewatch, a Star Wars TV show podcast. From Rebels to Resistance and The Mandalorian to Ewoks, we've got you covered. Here's your warning, there will be spoilers. And there will be swearing, because our host just gets so gonk darn excited to talk about these good, good shows. Welcome to Force Friends Rewatch. I'm your host, Andy. And I'm Ryan. On Force Friends Rewatch, we rewatch Star Wars television shows and then we talk about them. We are currently covering every episode of TV with a fucking Mandalorian in it. And oh, yeah. uh, we are covering Clone Wars Season 2, Episode 13. Yeah, it was in the The teams. Protector of Concord Dawn. But before we get into that, we got to introduce our guest. Heck yeah, we do. We have the one and only Junior Mesa. Howdy. Tis I. Yes. Junior, do you know why we asked you to do this episode specifically? Um, I'm assuming because I am a Mandalorian pilot. Yes, Junior has one of the coolest Mando pilots that I have ever seen. It is such a rad costume. Oh, why, thank you. Yes. The the pilots in general in Star Wars are like my favorite characters, so I'm kind of geeking out that you have a Mando pilot uh, so cool. set up. That's rad. Oh, I'm in the same boat. I love the pilots of Star Wars, like... I, I once dreamed of becoming a pilot just because of Star Wars. I didn't know that. Yeah, but my eyesight wasn't good enough. So, <laughs> Junior, are you a Mando Merc then? I am an official member of the Mandalorian Mercs Costume Club. Very cool, very cool. What got you, I guess, into Star Wars in general and then specifically Mandalorians? I guess my older brother got me into Star Wars like in general. Like, he showed me all the prequels and stuff like that. Like, I remember watching episode two in theaters, that kind of thing. Um, and then when I'm into, like, the Star Wars, like, costuming, um, I don't know. I, at one point, I wanted to build Stormtrooper armor. So I just started Googling, like, and then I found the Fiber First, and then I found videos on YouTube. And funny enough, this guy, Ryan was in one of the videos talking about the Legion. <laughs> and I was like, this, uh, these organizations sound cool. <laughs> so I dove deeper. And I, I think it, there was like a link on the 501st that led me to the Mercs. And I was like, well, I love Django Fett. I got to build me some armor. Because I saw the customization. I was like, this, this is the bee's knees right here. That's so cool. And now you've become the uh, you've become the welcome wagon yourself in a lot of ways, aren't you? A uh, Rusalor with your local clan? I am. I am a Rusalor. It's you. the weirdest thing. I'm like, I have. I I hold rank now. It's the weirdest thing. Holding <laughs> people in. I love it. Yeah, oh, I, recruiting is one of my favorite things. That's like what I, I love to do at, at the conventions and stuff. Yeah, Ooh. you. It's watching them at a convention booth is like. You like, look, it's good that you're not in a cult or in some sleazy sales business because you you could sell sand to a beach like you 
it's amazing the way that you just approach someone at a convention and you zero in on their interests and you help them find a space in this community. I dig it. Well, thank you. I mean, <laughs> of course. You know, I grew up. Uh, I grew up um, in uh, in business. My father is a businessman. He's a business owner. Um, so I kind of grew up with. Like he taught me how to how to sell things. Yeah. And I, I've maintained that talent ever since. Like I could sell a whole box of chocolate bars in a day. Not even kidding. But you could. You could unite a fractured culture better than Fen Rao could unite the people of Conquer Don, even though he's the protector, which I guess does that take us to the episode? Yeah, I think, I think it does. <laughs> a made of segues. So <laughs> before we get into the episode, I have to go over something from last episode. Okay. And um Ryan you were adamant that the Clone Wars is only three years long. Oh, no. Yeah. And as far as I'm aware, you're still technically correct. But okay. I thought of more reasons why that's fucking dumb. All right. Let's hear them. Okay. One, you learn's age. He's fighting Admiral, a war. Admiral Yularen is a spry 45-ish at the start. And by the end yeah. of the Clone Wars, he is looking like in his late 50s. Like he is looking like a New Hope Yularen. Uh, and and I he, know, there's a I, war on. I know we're <laughs> in hell, but three years? Three years? You, you, three look years. At screen, you look at screen grabs from early Clone Wars Yularen and season seven, and that man has aged 15 years. As okay. he travels around the galaxy with Anakin Skywalker. Oof. That's that stress. Two? And then he spends more time with armored up Anakin Skywalker? Yeah. Like, I can't imagine Vader is any less <laughs> sassy. Yeah. Two? Exactly. Boba Fett's age. Boba Fett at the start of the Clone Wars is 10 years old. And by the late episodes of Boba, sure, you can maybe argue that he's. 12 or 13, but uh, especially the arc that got canceled with Cad Bane, there's no way Boba Fett is 12 years old. I feel like you're failing to take into account that Boba Fett sucks. So he doesn't matter. <laughs> oh no, we take that well into account. <laughs> Clone Wars Boba Fett is like the only Boba Fett I like. That's fair. That's fair. Although, well, I'll give Tamara Morrison out of armor a shot as well. But yeah. Um, maybe, maybe they gave Boba Fett drugs. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he gave himself <laughs> drugs. You, this one actually is a good point. Drugs that make you taller. I can't. Yeah, yeah. He yes. just wants to. It's like he wants to give himself an edge by aging himself up okay. a bit. Count yes. Dooku and Padawans. You mean to tell me Count Dooku had time to train uh, Grievous, Ventress, and Savage Press in three years? He's just cycling through them. At this All point, they're like Robin. Went out like a bitch. Wait, did did Duco train Savage Press? I thought that. Was, oh, you know, he right, he did. He did. It he was. Did. It was. But he didn't do a very good job, did he? He didn't. And then he my did. biggest, my biggest, my Here biggest evidence that the Clone Wars has to be longer than three years. The last time we see, Here we go. Poor Junior has been stuck in this. What's up? The <laughs> the last time we see Anakin, yeah. he is. Uh, Padawan. Yeah. 
by the start of the Clone Wars, he is now a knight. So that means time has passed between his Padawan ship and by the time he gets Ahsoka at the start of the Clone Wars movie. It takes 30 seconds so, to knight somebody. You just do the vroom vroom and you well, say the poem. Go the, he's got to go through the trials or he has to fight enough of the Clone Wars that like in Legends, they're like, oh, he's been fighting so much in the Clone Wars. Let's just make him a knight. And we'll say that that's been his trials. In the first battle, he was sentenced to execution, escaped, rescued a Republic senator, all of a sudden fought alongside 200 Jedi. Now suddenly we're at war with an army that he didn't know about, and yet he capably assumes command of this army, fights a pitched battle on the open plains of Geonosis before confronting a Sith Lord with a lightsaber that wasn't even his, his lightsaber having been confiscated. In this battle with a Sith Lord, he is grievously wounded. And then at the end, I think he get up and hug Padme? No, he doesn't get up, I'm thinking. But, I, think but, it's, I think it's fair to say that some time has passed, a few months, <laughs> by the time he gets months, knighted yeah. in the Clone Wars. Months. We don't know. A few months know, before he gets knighted. Personally, I think the Clone Wars lasted 20 minutes. If it'll keep you proving these things and making legal arguments, Clone Wars is 20 minutes long. That means he probably spends some solo time as a knight before Ahsoka gets there. So maybe if we're being charitable, (laughs) the Clone Wars has been going for six months before Anakin becomes Ahsoka's master. That's what I always figured it was. So that means Ahsoka and Anakin have a year and a half mentor-mentor-e relationship before she quits the Jedi Order, because we know time has passed with her on her own before the Siege of Mandalore. So trying to condense the Ahsoka-Anakin-master-apprentice relationship to fit in a year and a half, two-year, if we're being charitable, window well do we know how long years are in star wars what's a basic year we we gotta assume it i think it's like 368 days was the eu thing you don't even know i i mean look when i was her age i went through less than five hours of driver's ed and i was allowed to drive a motor vehicle in the state of pennsylvania per the law oh i'm i'm not talking about like force power i'm talking about relationship I had a good relationship with my driver's ed teacher. He was nice. Sure, but like <laughs> the the Ahsoka Anakin relationship is tragic because of how much they meant to each other. And like, yeah, I had teachers I cared about, but I don't have teachers I cared about that when I saw them as Darth Vader, I would have a Twilight of the Apprentice reaction. You know, like that that how episode's many of heavy because of how close they are. How many of your teachers have you seen as Darth Vader? And how many teachers have you gone to war with? (laughs) Enough. I used to be a pastor, so. There you go. There you go. Um, But the the Clone Wars is longer than three years. Just stop trying to make it fit. Anyway, (laughs) let's talk about Mandalorians. The Clone Wars was 20 minutes long. (laughs) <laughs> Moving I know, on. I know, I know. Time doesn't matter in Star Wars because it's a fairy tale, and things take as long as they need to for the story to work. Time doesn't but, matter anywhere. We've been stuck inside for eight months. We're making but, legal arguments about the Star Wars. <laughs> but this but, is all I've thought about because I'm in the COVID <laughs> times. I mean, to be yes. fair, we've had these conversations well before we've been locked oh, up. Oh yeah, that's very true. 
So the episode we watched is uh, we're back on Rebels. It's our first Mandalorian episode for Rebels. Yeah. We're covering the Protector of Concord, Dawn. Uh, the Ghost Crew, last we covered them on our show, was Season 1 Ghost Crew. So it's fun that we get to look at them Season 2. They're part of uh, Commander Sato's Rebel Cell. They are meeting to explore new hyperspace routes because the Empire is making their travels through the Outer Rim difficult. So uh, Sabine is like, hey, let's go see some Mandalorians. I'm sure they won't be assholes. Uh, It turns out they were. It turns out they're working for the Empire. They murder three or four A-Wing pilots. They fuck up Hera's ship. Uh, Sabine and Hera barely escape. Um, Sabine gets briefed by Sato and Kanan, and Kanan is like, cool, I'm going to handle this on my own, like a badass. And Sabine is like, well, I'm coming too, like a badass. And they try to out badass each other, and it, it it comes to a draw. So Kanan is like, "Look, I'm gonna negotiate because I'm a Jedi." And Sabine is like, "I'm gonna plant some bombs because I'm a Mandalorian." And <laughs> they, they really nod do. at each they nod at each other with respect. Heck yeah! Kanan sneaks into a bar, like like this Mando bar. And Fenrell is like, hey, you're a badass. And Kanan is like, hey, you're a badass. We used to be badasses together in the Clone Wars. And everyone who had picked up the Adventures of Kanan comic book that morning was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Because right, it came out that day. It came out that same day, which is Weird. dope. Wow. Yeah, that's such good synergy. Yeah, it's good shit. Also, like these ships for X-Wing came out like not long after this as well, which was also very, very cool. That's right. They also um, came out with but, a Hot Wheel uh, Fang Fighter. I remember that. Oh, that's dope. Uh, turns out Kanan and Fenrir like fought together in the Clone Wars, and while they didn't like personally meet, they're like, oh, we were at that battle together, and Kanan is trying to talk Fenrir into joining the Rebellion because it will be better for the Mandalorians of Concord Dawn Overall, because the Empire is not interested in sharing power, power, and Fenral is like, but crate of money, the Empire is hooking us up, and Kanan is like, yeah, we can't really compete with that, but honor and freedom, and then Sabine is like, boo, 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 boo. Uh, she gets caught, and she is like goes on like a Daenerys Targaryen speech of like, I'm Sabine of Clan Vizsla, House Ren. Y'all can suck it, cause this is my family's armor. Cause they're like, where'd you steal that armor? They pulled a, a Din Djarin. They're like, where'd you steal that armor? They really did. And Mandos don't trust anyone with Mandalorian no. armor. No, anyone you see is a poser. Uh, we're the only real Mandalorians. Which is amazing uh, because the first time we ever see the Mandalorian armor, it's on the galaxy's most famous poser. It's true. Is. Savage. <laughs> anyway, Sabine pulls uh, Hamilton and is like, I'm here to duel your leader. Yes. And uh, she like fakes him out. And then Fenral tries to escape and they fucking kidnap him. I love it. And like Kanan like cold clocks him. It's dope. And uh 
by taking him prisoner, they kind of have forced his hand where if they admit to the Empire that he got kidnapped, the Empire will just wipe them out. But if they, like, help the rebels, um, they can try and, like, evade the Empire a little bit longer. So he is kind of, like, being, like, forced into this uh, alliance, uh, even though he doesn't want to be, and that's kind of, like, where the episode ends. Yeah. That's my recap. That's a solid recap. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. I don't think you missed anything. I think you flipped. What? Sabine, it's, I think she's uh, Clan Ren House Vizsla. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember wondering what the heck that was, and I, I this rewatched. reveals so much. Yeah. It does. It, and I think it's the first time, even before we get into the reveals, I noticed this is the first time, and I know Junior will appreciate this, that we see Mandalorians affiliated with Western tropes. Oh, yeah. The music, the standoff, yeah. throwing the lightsaber down on the bar, and that drives the Mandalorian, especially in its first season. I thought, I thought it was cool to kind of look back on this from that. But as far as reveals, like you said, Andy, I mean, this, this is where Rebels really starts world-building Mandalorian. 100%. Clone Wars had a lot of big picture Mandalorian politics in it. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. that that is hugely influential moving forward. But Rebels gets into all right, we've seen like the world political stage of Mandalore and the galaxy political stage of Mandalore. Rebels gets into what are the interpersonal relationships between Mandalorians and what does it mean yeah. to be a Mandalorian in a way that Clone Wars didn't. Right. And I think it, it shows a lot of different style of Mandalorians. Like you get different like subcultures within the big overarching Mandalorian culture. Yeah. Because in Clone Wars, it really was just Death Watch and Satine's people. But Clan Ren is a different animal from Gar Saxon's Imperial Commandos and the Mandalorian protectors are off doing their thing. And and there's these different pretty... planets. We only had Mandalore in Clone yeah. Wars. And we, had, get... we see Concordia for like a moment, but that's still a moon of Mandalore and there wasn't a lot going on there. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, you know, like you see Mandalore, it's, it's the system. It's not just a planet, which is really... Yeah. Which I was yes. thinking about. I'm like, how... Like, with ancient Mandalorians, like, were they able to like hop from different planets like how easy was it how connected was mandalore space in ancient how did they develop this consistent culture among i feel like space travel just always was in star wars almost like it's not star wars without it yeah so like the older you go though it's just like magic space travel rather than science space travel yeah what stood out to you guys as really working in this episode any any moments in particular or character beats that really stood out to you? Yeah. I like that at this point in the series, we know all the essentials about Kanan and Sabine, but we haven't seen them interact together without, like, you know, the instigating influences of, like, Chopper or Ezra or the, the maternal Hera influence. This is the first time we see these two very hot-headed people 
with very different personalities besides that, having to accomplish something together alone. Mm. I feel like Rebels does that pretty often, like, where they separate two members of the yeah. group and have them yeah. bond in some way or connect in some way. Like I feel like Ezra and Zeb were like the first ones to do that. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Back in season one. Like, they got their individual time first. Yeah. I love how Rebels treats like Clone Wars veterans because at the time Rebels was airing, Clone Wars did not have a proper finale. No. And that left a bad taste in the creators' mouths and the fans' mouths. It was rough that Clone Wars didn't end the way that it was meant to. And Rebels was like, hey, we know that sucked. And you know who else it sucked for? All the characters that lived through it. And, uh, you know, they have these episodes and these moments where Clone Wars veterans, like, talk to each other and interact and reminisce or, you know, support each other as they deal with the fact that they survived the Clone Wars and are now in a new conflict. And this episode especially where, you know, like, Kanan goes and is trying to help another veteran who is now on the opposite side of the war. It's really interesting stuff. Well, he was, so that was what was interesting to me. uh, Rao was, he did fight for the Republic. Yeah. He, I thought you said a veteran who was on the opposite side of the war. Of this war. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. So, so like, Fen Rebels working for the Empire, but they had been allies during the Clone Wars. Which, this is the one of the only times we hear... It was a big thing in Legends, thanks to uh, Karen Travis, but... um, (sighs) Yeah. This is one of the the only times in canon that we hear about Mandalorians. Does he say they're training clones? He said that they... Fen specifically and the Protectors helped train pilots. That's right. But he does say that Mandalorians did help clone or did help train uh, other clone forces as well. Yeah, that's interesting Mm because we saw bounty hunters in Clone Wars, but we never heard about Mandalorians having been brought in. That is very interesting. I mean, I imagine it wouldn't be a lot of Mandalorians. Like, at least I feel like Mandalore would be holding them back because they're pacifists, right? They're not going to be like. Yeah, it would have had to have been another. Although I, I, I kind of always figured that the pacifistic Mandalorians were centered in Sundari on Mandalore and like on Crownest or Conquered Dawn or something like that. Mm. I mean, we see Reiko Hardin, and he's said to be from Conquered Dawn. So, right, yeah. What about you, Junior? What, uh, what really stands out for you in this episode? I love the dogfight in the beginning. So good. It's, yeah. it's, like one of, it's, like, it's like one of the first times we ever see a Fang fighter, which is my favorite ship in all of Star Wars. And I got a lot of favorite ships. Like, oof. But I love the Fang fighter because it's so sci-fi and it's also so World War II and it's like engine yeah. sound and like I love how it spins. It spins around the cockpit and it's shaped like Mandalorian chest plates. It's just... I love that. Mm, such a good like it's such a it's like a man it's such a mando ship like mandos just put their same aesthetic into everything they commit to their look so like the fact that they put it in their ship is just awesome 
And then I noticed there's no music for most of the dogfight. So you're, you hmm. really get to listen to it. Listen to the engines and listen to the, the firing of the, of the shots. You get to hear how fast those shots are coming out that gun. It's really cool. I it's the first the time we've ever seen Hera like in trouble in a starfighter. Like, yeah, Hera's like in someone, a fighter, you know that she's got it. But yeah. this is like someone that can challenge her. Yeah, she comes out bad in this fight. It's rough. She almost doesn't come out of this fight. And I, I was concerned. This was I love Hera. So like I was anxious when I first saw this episode. Yeah, this was pre-Rogue One. So there was yeah. nobody's survival was a given. I love the design of the protectors. Uh, mm. Their helmets are cool. I love that all of their armor has these little tweaks for being a fighter pilot. I think it makes perfect sense that there would be uh, groups of Mandalorians who specialize in starfighter combat. And they're they're just a rat as hell group. I have a funny story about their design. Um, at Celebration, I don't remember which one, but it was about eight months before this episode aired, so it was all still locked in and everything. Uh, one of my friends who, I think he's retired now, but he was a Merc in Pennsylvania at the time, uh, after the Merc's dinner, he was talking to Dave Filoni at, like, the hotel bar, and, because Filoni, you know, he used to be a costumer, and my friend was talking about what he wanted his next Mando kit to look like, and he describes, like, the chest box mounted on the front, kind of doing the Mando pilot thing before it was cool, whatever, whatever. And I guess Dave just kind of, like, chuckled a little, and he was like, I hope you like Rebels. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. I, I love that, because I feel like we saw Mando pilots in the fan community even before this. Yeah, the, we do. So there's actually, there was, for the longest time, the only Mandalorian pilot helmet that existed uh, was this weird combination of, it's like an X-Wing pilot helmet. Yeah. And no faceplate on it. I've seen that. It's, it's like a pretty high cool. almost, but with a, with a Mando face. And so, yeah, yeah, basically. And it, it, I don't knock it. I think it's cool. But it wasn't like, it didn't seem right. It didn't sit right with me. I was like, I don't know if that's what a Mando pilot yeah. would look like. And when, the, when as soon as I saw Fen Rao, I was like, that's it. That's a Mando yeah. pilot. You have a Rao helmet for your custom, right? I do. Well, actually, no. So oh. my custom kit was not born a pilot. It was really? born just a regular run-of-the-mill bounty hunter. I had a cape at one point. Um, <laughs> Capes are cool. That. But so, but when I saw Fen Rao, I fell in love with the look, and I was like, "Finally, I can have a Mandalorian pilot." I was because I was just waiting for like some canon reference to do something like pilot. I wanted to have a pilot in all of the clubs. I think that'd be really cool. Pilot approved. I I I got two clubs down, but uh, you have you have a Poe Dameron, right? I do have a Poe Dameron. I do have my pilot Poe. I need to fix that up. <laughs> anyway, I loved his like blast shield. So I actually had a buddy of mine who made Poe helmets. He made the TFA Resistance um, pilot helmets. I had him give me give me a B pull of the blast shield, uh, and I okay. took that 
and I filled in the recess like oval thing and I made it completely smooth. And that became my blaster. I literally just glued it to my Mandalorian helmet at the time <laughs> and made my own ear caps. It so looks like it's supposed to be there. Well, thank you. You know yeah. what? It, it's, it's, it's only held on, held on by E6000, <laughs> and it's been there for two years. And it's, I love uh, it. it's taken some damage, too. Like, I'm surprised it's held together. <laughs> I'm grateful. It's the best part. But, but so, yeah, so the... I mean, it's a it's an iconically Star Wars pilot design with the reinforced head and the the chest box and the strapping around the legs. I'm like pointing to these things on my own body, and my girlfriend is looking at me across the room like <laughs> crazy. But you all know what I mean. Yeah, and it's but translated to Mandalore, it's a streamlined, sleek, look. so cool. Like I love the gauntlets. Gauntlets have yeah. nothing on them because why would they have anything on their gauntlets? They're flying in a ship. That is their weapon. And like they got their little pistols, and that's it. And they have their West Star thirty fives, and that's it. They're very bare bones, and I love. That's a really good point. That their ship is their. Their ship is part of their armor, almost. It is. Yeah. Other Mandalorians, they have these, you know. Flamethrower, grapple, you know, what what have you mounted in their armor, and that's part of them. And uh, they have their jetpack and whatever, but for these guys, their ship is, you know, what is, what does Din say? Weapons are my religion or something? Like, yeah. for these guys, no, their ship is. Yeah. And it shows, like, they have a love for their ships. And it breaks my heart to see them all blow up. Yeah, Sabine, that's a rough move. Oof. There's like so many pretty ships just gone. And we don't see, I don't think we see Fang Fighters after that. Like even Fenral's Fang Fighter. We. The when Ezra time, goes to get help later, don't they show up in Fang Fighters? They, fight, they show up in Gauntlets, not Fang oh. Fighters. Gauntlets are the I big, mean, like, transport ships. Yeah. What? What do we see in Rise of Skywalker? We Were do those see fang fang fighter. Fighter. It it could a fang be, fighter. Well, we don't know because they're the same shape, just different sizes. That's true. Tell so yourself it it's a fang, a fang fighter if it helps. I hope it's a fang fighter. <laughs> it's a fang fighter. Just tell it's, yourself. It is. I'm gonna look that up. I'm gonna hit somebody up. They better confirm it for me. I will cry. Is there anything that y'all would change about this episode? Hmm. Uh, yeah, I think it's I would, a solid episode. I pointed this out to Becca, and we laughed too hard. Um, I would up the budget just enough that we could model Hera a hospital gown when she's in the hospital. Because if you notice, she's just wearing her pilot suit in white. What? Even the bandages on even the bandages on her head are her flight helmet painted white. Oh my god! So funny. I never noticed. <laughs> that. It's one of those rebels budget things. Also, uh, Wikipedia confirms that there are Fang fighters in Rise of Skywalker. Oh heck yeah! And that it is they do have some Fang fighters when they come to save the rebels at the Battle of Adalon. So heck, oh, yeah. heck yeah! That's awesome. But that this is the first time we see them, right? Yeah, yeah it's the first time we the see first them, canon. For me, I think what I would change is I would have 
someone mentioned the pilots who died. Because three or four rebel pilots get murdered. And the only concern is for Hera, who is seriously wounded. But no one mentions the fact that three or four pilots got murdered by Fen Rao. And um, I, I do feel like with Fen Rao, he shows some regret for having helped the Empire. He doesn't pull like a Bo-Katan who like does some war crimes and never talks about it. But, um, <laughs> you know, even Sabine is like, this is for my friend Hera. And he's like, oh, did I kill her? Sabine's like, no, she's in the hospital. And like, Sabine, you could mention like, no, but you killed three of our friends. Like, yeah, like. That's, I, I didn't even think of that, but you're right. And, like, like A-Wing pilots are kind of red shirts in Rebels, but uh, still, like, like just any sort of mention that, like, some people lost their lives. Uh, you know, obviously be concerned for your closer friend who, you know, may or may not make it, but, uh, you know, I yeah. feel bad for those A-Wing pilots. I mean, I feel like that's then, a thing in, Star- in Rebels in general where it kind of, like, trivial- yeah. trivializes the lives of the Re- of, of other rebels that are not main characters like they just don't like the rebels die all the time but they only care when their main character dies yeah and like i kind of get that you know like one you got 20 up uh, 20 minutes to tell this story and right. two like they're not main characters they are gonna die and like it's tragic but like it's you know star wars but um but yeah yeah when so much emphasis is put on the character who's in the hospital it just it just feels weird to not mention the the three who died yeah but that's it that small thing i'd change the episode is super good uh one of my favorites in season two and season two is a phenomenal season so yeah it you know. really is there's not a lot of weak links there yeah no, i think this, this is... episode is really solid like i don't yeah. know what i would change about it i think the only thing that i find really weird are the bowls that they're using like are they drinking soup or is it tea because those are very <laughs> yeah. much bowls and they're not the bowls i expect mandalorians to have like, they had a it's, yellow stripe it... on them it was, yeah, it's a reuse of the bowl from the season one scene where Ezra is trying to use the force before he goes grocery shopping with Zeb. It is a reuse of that asset, I noticed, because I love that scene. Oh, I, yeah, love, that it scene. I love that it scene. Doesn't look like, it doesn't look like a Mandalorian would have that bowl, which is a weird thing and weird. I mean, we've talked about Mandalorian bowls. Yeah. <laughs> I just yes. assumed it was like an Asian inspired thing. Cause like Mandalorians are typically, you know, kind of coded towards like Eastern samurai motifs. Yeah. And so I was just like, Oh, that's, that's like a, I'm sure that's like a Chinese or Japanese kind of like bowl thing. Like I, I'm a I dumb. It may have just been the bowl I'm, they have. I'm, I'm a dumb oh. white person. Like I, I, I just, I just kind of <laughs> assumed it was like a samurai thing. Um, because Star Wars loves to do that. Star Wars loves oh, to yeah. take a Western scene and then put some some samurai coding on it, or vice versa, take like a samurai thing and give it some cowboy love. For sure. Um, I mean that's, that sounded that... that sounded dirty, but um... <laughs> isn't that? Uh, I may 
I don't want to get this backwards, but isn't Seven Samurai is a Japanese movie that inspired Lucas, and then the Magnificent Seven just took that story and set it in the American West? Yeah, Seven Samurai was Lucas. first, and then yes. uh, Magnificent Seven came after, and then Lucas came third. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So it's long history. Uh, but like, I was like, oh, they're doing a cowboy bar thing that bowl that they're drinking out of has to probably be like a samurai thing but Mm. i could be totally wrong it could just be (laughs) what they had i do like that mandalorians don't use utensils like i like that they're just drinking straight up i mean is it tea or not i need to know i assumed it was like liquor it could be it was warm I, i saw steam coming off of it so i'm like it's a warm beverage I hope Mandos don't like warm alcohol. Because I'm not... That's where my they, agenda will end. You know, um, before the... Uh, before the first episode of Mandalorian, we were looking up, like, what do Mandalorians drink? And mm. we found... We got two answers uh, from the Expanded Universe. They like uh, sweet, dark milk stouts. Okay. And have you ever had uh, Slivovitz? It is a Czech uh, plum brandy that I may have menaced both of you with at separate times at Celebration, because I had a jug of it there. No, I did not get offered any of this. It's very strong and very I drank so much at Celebration, there's no (laughs) way for me to possibly remember anything. (laughs) That's fair. um, My friend, my friend Vlastimil from the Czech Republic, his family makes this stuff and he gave me a bottle at Celebration and it got me through. It is a 150 proof uh, plum brandy. And sure enough, there was some Wikipedia article about this Mandalorian brandy that Poe Dameron felt could take the paint off an X-Wing that uh, in the behind the scenes it says whatever author said that this would be a lot like Slivovitz. And I was like, look at that. Oh, wow. It all comes back to Star Wars for me and Slivovitz. I guess I know friend's looking at me again because she hates it. She thinks it's the most disgusting. Is this like the first reference we get of like houses and clans? Yes, this is. That's cool. And Rebels Recon broke down that um, a Mandalorian, the clan is like the tribe and then the house is like the macro alliance of several clans. Okay. So Clan Ren, by being affiliated with Clan Vizsla, then joins House Vizsla, which is a multi-clan alliance led by the Vizslas. Mm. Who are also the baddies. And yeah. Sabine mentions that her mom is a traitor, which is interesting. I think to date, the only two houses that we know of are House Kree's and House Vizsla. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get some more soon. Yeah, Yeah, hopefully. hopefully. All right. Mm -hmm. Well, I think think this is a good place to to stop it. Um, Junior, do you have anything you want to plug? Where can people follow or find you if uh, Um, you want to plug that? You can find me if you look hard enough. <laughs> um, honestly, um, no, actually, I, I, they don't have any socials or anything. What about your Mando group? Uh, you can check out the Mandalorian Mercs at Mandalorian. <laughs> can't talk today. Mandalorian Mercs Costume Club dot com, or is it just Mercs dot com? I don't even know our own website. 
<laughs> Google Mandalorian Mercs. It'll there come up. There you go. And then I'm a part of Mandalore Clan right here in the Los Angeles area in Southern California. Awesome. And you can find Junior absolutely beaming behind the Mercs or Rebel Legion booth at any con in SoCal when we start having those things again. Uh, yes, after the dark times. <sighs> All right, well, that's going to do it for us. Follow us on Twitter at ForceFriendsPod. Give us money at Kofi slash ForceFriendsRewatch. Shoot us an email at ForceFriendsRewatch at gmail.com. And we want to give a huge thank you to Bristol Podworks for that intro and for being our producer. Go reach out to them to make your podcast dreams come true. What did we say to end the podcast, Ryan? Once again, I'm in crisis. I don't know if I should say this is the way. Uh, we say Bo-Katan is a badass and you should do what she says or she'll hurt you. And, like, please have her apologize for the bad thing she's done someone. Yeah, that too. <laughs> and then we can just enjoy her. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. War, <laughs> war crimes are bad. War crimes are. are bad. That's what we say. That's what we say to end the show. War crimes are bad. War crimes are bad.